from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, and then chapter 5, verses 15 to 21. And this can be found on page 1175 of our Bibles. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that, out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thank you, Sharon. Good morning again. Welcome. So, again, my name's Colin. I'm one of the pastors here. Great to have you with us. Um, sorry, I just spilt my tea, but it's all right. Cameron's uh, mopping it up for me. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm English. I can't go an hour without a cup of tea, so, you know. It's, uh... um, what, music, what music is your head filled with at the moment? Maybe wake me up before you go. Go for obvious reasons. Uh, Mine's a bit full of Our Help, the song that we've been singing the last couple of weeks, because Miv keeps going around the house shouting, Our Help! So that's kind of a bit of a brain worm going on. Um, But the thing that's most in my head at the moment is, for better or worse, The Greatest Showman. Because Sharon's been playing it in the car all the time. Um, and I finally succumbed and went to see it. And, you know, it's the greatest showman. It's all right. You know? <laughs> but the songs, I reckon, they weren't just written by songwriters. They were written by evil geniuses in a lab or something to make you sing them all the time and, and be all soppy and sentimental. But whatever your sort of earworm, whatever your music is in your head at the moment, um, you, you find yourself singing it, don't you? You don't even know you're singing it. Um, it's like... There's no off button. It even takes control a bit. Um, in a sense, 
you become filled with it. Well, today we're going to continue to look, um, continue our series on the Holy Spirit by looking at being filled by the Spirit. And there's an outline there, so we'll look at what it means to be filled by the Spirit, and then how to be filled by the Spirit. Um, so first, what is being filled by the Spirit? Well, let's have a look at the context of this passage. You're in chapter 5. We're going to begin in. Look at the context, because a text taken out of context leaves you with a con. Yeah. So we'll, we'll look at the context. All of this is picking up what Paul had said at the beginning of chapter 4, verse 1. He said, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. So to live a life worthy of the fact that followers of Jesus are made alive in him, that we're saved by grace, that his death for us on the cross brings us forgiveness of our sins and means we're adopted as sons and daughters of God. Uh, All of that, and as church, our, our new spiritual reality is that we are one in Christ. So in light of all that good news, we're to put off our old self, make a clean break with our old desires, be made new in the attitude of our minds with Jesus, and put on our new self, our new self created in us by God when we believed, now able and willing to obey God, walking as children of light. So really the context is Ephesians, that's just a potted um, a short version of it. But now to, as we come to this cha- passage in chapter 5, the contrast we're giving here, verse 15, is between wise and unwise. So being filled by the Spirit it is part of how we live wisely as... Um, sorry, I get the great show enough. It's part, of being, it's part of how we live wisely as Christ's body, God's household, the Spirit's holy temple, the church. So let's have a look at these verses. Verse 15 onwards. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Um, Have you ever been in a situation where you've read the room wrong. You know, you haven't quite grasped the situation you're, you're in. See, my problem is I tend to default to levity and humour where perhaps gravity might be more appropriate. When I was working as a radiographer, I was um, doing a theatre case of a knee operation and it wasn't going well, okay? And the surgeon was getting increasingly grumpy and he came round to my monitor with the images on and he was looking at the monitor and he was looking at me, looking at the monitor, looking at me, Why doesn't it look right? Why doesn't it look right? With hindsight, it was a rhetorical question, and the appropriate thing, the appropriate thing would have been an awkward silence. But I'm not good at awkward silence, so I just said, well, the camera never lies. It didn't help. It just made him more grumpy. Now, our, our salvation... Our future is certain. But we've got to live in a manner um, worthy of that salvation, together as God's people. And to do that, we need to read the room. We need to understand the times that we're in. The days are evil. You know, we're not on neutral ground. The tide is against us. 
And so we need to make the most of, or you could translate that as well, redeem the time that we have. By verse 17, understanding God's will. So we know God's will. It's in the Bible written down for us. So in this context, it's making the most of every chance to put off our old self and illuminate with our light as we, the darkness as we, as we live as children of light, putting on the new to overcome evil. So that's our context for this verse about um, being filled. So living wisely is that context. So let's go back to our key verse, verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with, or you'll notice I've been saying, by the Spirit. So let's clear that up. I think a better translation of the Greek here is by the Spirit, not with the Spirit. So I'm being very brave doing this with my old college lecture here. It's much better at languages than I'll ever be. That is, it's, it's the Spirit who does the filling, not the one we are filled with. So now please, be very wary of anyone who says something like that, who says, oh no, that's translated wrong. What it really says is this. Insist on careful reasoning and good evidence. So here's mine. I've got two reasons One, because exactly the same phrase is translated elsewhere in Ephesians as by the Spirit. And two, when we look at fullness or being filled in the rest of Ephesians, along with what else it says about the Holy Spirit, it just makes more sense. So, uh, the word we're looking at, this is the original Greek, onumati. Now, English is great. With prepositions, you know words that go before a word? English is great because you've got in, at, where, with, by, to, on, that kind of thing, all very clear. In, in the Koine Greek, you left this N, which could mean in, at, with, by, or to. And you've got to work out the case of the word next. This is a boring Greek lesson, isn't it? But the point is, <laughs> the, the translators usually know which one to go for by the case of the, the word after it. So, here's the other examples in Ephesians 2.22. In him you two are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. And then we've got um, 3, 4, and 5. The mystery of Christ has now been revealed by the spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. So, there's some backup for me saying it should be by the spirit. I've not just made it up. So, we're fulfilled by the spirit what does he fill us with? Well, let's have a look at where else Paul talks about being filled and, and what else we're told about the Holy Spirit in this letter. So a few more verses to rattle through. Bear with me. So uh, in chapter 1, we find Jesus, Jesus fills his body, the church. So God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Um, And then from our chapter 3 passage that we'll look at shortly, Paul prays that they know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then in chapter 4, Christ has given us people, given us the church people with word gifts so that we're equipped to build up his body. And the goal being that we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
So up to this point, fullness has had the sense of being full of Christ and full of God the Father. And this fits in, doesn't it, with what we saw in John 14 and in Romans in the last two weeks, that the, the Holy Spirit mediates the Son and the Father to us. The Holy Spirit makes it as good as Jesus and the Father being with us and in us. And notice, we'll come back to this, but notice these references are mostly talking collectively, talking about church being filled with Jesus. So that's fullness in Ephesians. Let's have a look at what else uh, we can find out about the Holy Spirit. A couple more verses. Chapter 1, 13. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So again, every Christian has the Holy Spirit. And we already have the, the Spirit in our inner being. So again, from our second passage. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. All right, so big verserama, I, I understand. What's the point? Adding all that together, um, along with that context of living wisely, what does it mean to be filled by the Spirit? Our verse again. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled by the Spirit. So Ephesus, where the people Paul was writing to, the Apostle Paul writing this letter, that was kind of pagan worship central in that part of the world. So Paul, what could be going on here, Paul could be contrasting Christian gatherings with pagan worship gatherings. And the pagan worship gatherings were all about getting a glassy-eyed, unconscious, abandoning control, losing control, often with drunkenness. Whatever the context, it's still true, isn't it? Drunkenness leads to debauchery. I always thought it was a funny word, debauchery. What's the opposite of debauchery? Bauchery? You're all looking very bauched this morning. It's good, isn't it? It's a bit like dishevelled, isn't it? What's the opposite of dishevelled? I spent ages getting shevelled this morning. Anyway, drunkenness leads to debauchery. You know, you have a drink. It starts off, you know, it just, just really helps you relax, doesn't it? And so then you want another one. And, you know, you lose a few inhibitions. Makes you more of a laugh, more comfortable dancing, feeling good. Before you know it, you're trying to teach everybody else to dance, and you're saying things and doing things that you would never dream of doing. Things that might destroy relationships, or careers, or, or even cause death. And the difference is all about control. So do not give yourself over to loss of control, to being drunk. Instead, be wise by allowing the Spirit already in you to fill your life with God and what He wants, His will. So give yourself over to God's control. Being filled by the Spirit means being filled by Him with Jesus so that Jesus fills all you think and say and do. So instead of letting go of all your faculties, instead of running away from who you are, having who you are and what you do and think impacted and controlled by Jesus, becoming more and more, more, and more like him. So in response to his grace, because you are saved, putting off the old self, filling your mind, your mind with things of Jesus, 
and put it on the new self. Obeying God through his spirit. Yet, every one of us here feels the tension, don't we? Of how we've failed to be full of Jesus and have instead often been full of ourselves. So if we already have the spirit, how can we be filled by him? So that's on to our second heading then, how to be filled by the Spirit. How are we filled by the Spirit? Well, it's it's worth pointing out, isn't it, that we're not actually told directly in this passage. So be filled here is literally keep on being filled. And it's, it's passive, that is, it's something done to us by the Spirit that we already have. And one of the reasons it was keen for us to see that we're filled by the Spirit, not with the Spirit, is that if if we think of it as being filled with the Spirit, then the temptation is for us to look for a load of clever ways that we can make that happen. And people have got creative over, over the years with ways and preconditions and emotional states that we think we need to be in to get our sort of spiritual top up. And I've been in meetings as a teenager where we were encouraged to just let go and let God. Effectively, we were encouraged to lose control. Which, given that contrast with drunkenness, can't be right, can it? And given that one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control, we'll look at that next week. So being filled with Jesus by the Spirit isn't about switching off. It's about engaging with him. Serving him. See, the truth is, if you're a Christian, you have the spirit already. He's moved in permanently. Imagine you've got a relative coming to stay with you in your house. Let's say a mother-in-law. I haven't got a mother-in-law, so I can do mother-in-law jokes safely. But it's not just part of your mother-in-law coming to stay. You might wish it was only part of her coming to stay, but... It's not just part of a person who comes to stay with you. It's the whole person. And the reality is, that person's there. And that that changes things. It should do. You you work around your guests' needs or wants, their routines. You change things up in your your life so that you can live in harmony with your guest. The Holy Spirit, he has come to stay. He's moved in. And he's so at one in purpose and mission with Jesus and the the Son and the Father. It's as if they've moved in too. So being filled by the Spirit means you will change. As you fill your activity, your thought, your motivations with those of Jesus. As you factor in the Spirit living in you. But perhaps that's too vague. So let's pin things down to three ways we can join in with the Spirit's work in filling us. So first, prayer. So this is where we're going to look at our other passage. And this is typical of Paul's prayers in Ephesians. In in praying for us to know more and become what he's told us we already are and already have. And actually this prayer adds some texture to what being filled with the Spirit means. So let's go back to chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What a request. So this is a request. This is asking that God might channel from his infinite resources, through his spirit, direct into our inner being, the very essence of who we are, direct into there by his spirit, his divine power. The power of God to strengthen us. So when you're feeling hopelessly outnumbered at work or uni, when you're really understandably afraid to live wisely as a child of God, when you feel useless, when you feel like a failure, a disappointment to God, the solution is not to steal yourself and strengthen yourself. The solution is to pray to God the Father for his power to strengthen you in your inner being by his spirit. Continuing on in that passage. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And we're going to get to sing that prayer uh, later. Well, um, Alex and Aaron are going to do that as an item whilst the communion's been distributed. So listen out for that. But it's a prayer that we, sh- that we would know how big Christ's love is for us is. Um, it's kind of knowing the unknowable. And it's not knocking knowledge, um, but it's saying that Christ's love is it's not, well, it's not whelming, it's not underwhelming, it's overwhelming. Christ's love is overwhelming, beyond our ability to neatly package and categorize it. So it's a prayer that we would know how big Christ's love for us is. It's a prayer that we, collectively as a church, would know more and more, deeper and deeper, that love. And it's a prayer that we'd be filled with the fullness of everything God wants us to be, in love and unity and maturity. So we can be filled by the Spirit by asking God the Father to strengthen us by making Jesus the central figure around whom all our thoughts and motivations and actions revolve by praying for it. So let me ask you, do you pray that for yourself, for other people? Maybe if you're in a growth group and maybe your next one, uh, prayer time, pray this for one another. Or next time you catch up with another Christian, why not turn up these verses in chapter 3 and pray them for one another? So prayer and people. Next we're to be filled by the Spirit in community, gathered together with God's people. So look again at um, verses 18 and 19 in chapter 5. Flick over to chapter 5. So following that command to be filled by the Spirit, there are five ing words, like participles, that go with the idea of being filled. They hang off it. So verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. So horizontally, a filled by the Spirit church will be sharing God's word with one another and encouraging one another in song. I had a friend whose dad was a Methodist minister in the UK, and he was dead against all these new songs in church because he reckoned 
Too often they were um, words addressed to other people, not directly to God. And he believed we should only sing to God. Well, that's not what it says here, isn't it? It fails to take this into account, and let alone many of the Psalms. Um, when we're choosing music, um, we sort of do that termly here at Trinity Bay, we try to keep that balance of praise directly to God. That's appropriate and right that we do that. But it's also appropriate we have songs that we encourage one another with, telling each other truths about God. So horizontal and carrying on, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So singing, making music, thanking. So let me say, if today I've made you feel like being filled with Jesus by the Spirit is all a bit cerebral, frozen, chosen, an intellectual exercise... Here's the corrective. So sing and make music from your heart. Um, My friend, who's not a Christian, came to church last week to life course. No church background whatsoever. And as we stood there, singing, standing in rows, looking at the front, singing, I thought, yeah, this is a bit weird, isn't it? Like, you don't do this anywhere else. But he didn't freak out. And as I looked at the words we were singing, we were singing, we've been made alive. Well, of course we were singing it. It, It's exciting. It's deep. It's emotional. We need to sing to even begin to grasp the, the, the vibe and the depth and the importance of it all. Now, I'm preaching to myself here. You know, I've always felt like music in a, in a church service is the bit I'm least bothered about. I mean, you've heard firsthand how bad my singing is first thing in the morning. But the truth is, actually, I need to catch myself, because I listen to music all the time, and Sharon will tell you that I sing around the house a lot. And the right music it can change your day, can't it? It can, improve your, it can improve your mood. The right music can express what you're feeling. And if it's from the greatest show, I mean, it can drive you absolutely nuts as well. But... But seriously, good music really helps us. So let me ask ourselves a pointy question. In the songs that we sang earlier, not, not the one one, but in the songs that we sang earlier, were you singing and making music from your heart? Were you giving thanks? And if not, could you have been? Well, that's what the songs that we sing are there for. And they can help us be filled by the Spirit. So our last ing word is from verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the next bit of the, the next passage expands on that. But essentially, it's about church being orderly. So not being chaotic, like a load of drunks that chuck in out time. Everyone putting others' needs first. And submitting to who we're supposed to submit to. So all these participles that are hanging off the, the uh, being filled, they show us the results of being filled by the Spirit, not particularly how to be filled. But I suppose if you never went to church, if you were not consistently with God's people, or if our gatherings were not about doing these things, 
then we shouldn't be surprised if we're less full of God than we could be. And finally, pages. Uh, that's just my way of getting a pee in to talk about the Bible, God's word. Okay. We can be filled by the Spirit through the pages of Scripture, by reading the Bible. Um, in the past, our network of churches has been accused of replacing the work of the Holy Spirit with God's word. And that's just a plain daft thing to say. Because it's a false dichotomy. You know, making separate what the Bible never puts apart. God's word, the Bible, is the work of his spirit. Inspiring the authors to write down his words. Uh, We saw in Romans 8 that uh, now we have the spirit. Our minds are to be set on what the spirit desires. Now, how are we going to know what the spirit desires except through his words? You know, when I was in trouble... My mum used to say to me, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. By which she meant, I'm going to express in words what it is I'm thinking. (laughs) With some gusto. (laughs) The Spirit has given us a piece of his mind. The Spirit has expressed what is on God's mind in his word. And he works within us, in our inner being, to speak to us through it. To fill us up. And just to prove the point, Ephesians chapter 5.18 has almost an exact parallel in Paul's letter to the Colossians. So I'll put them side by side here so you can see how similar they are. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, And songs from the Spirit. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Pretty similar, hey? So for the Apostle Paul, letting the message of Christ dwell in us richly, knowing the gospel through the scriptures, is equivalent to being filled by the Spirit. So, we can be filled by the Spirit... By asking for in prayer, through fellowship in Christ's body, the church, and through the Spirit speaking to us through his words in scripture. And as he fills us with Jesus, the result is we become more and more like him, controlled by him in all we do and think. So that even the most mundane parts of our life become part of God's mission to redeem a people for himself. So I thought to finish, we'd pray together Paul's prayer from chapter 3 for our church. Uh, Sorry, I did mean to make a slide of this, and I haven't. But if you could turn back to chapter 3. From verse 16, and I'll just change the pronouns as we go. Okay. We pray that out of his glorious riches, our Heavenly Father may strengthen Trinity Bay with power through his Spirit in our inner beings, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that Trinity Bay, being rooted and established in love, may have power 
together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that this church may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen.